Welcome to the Las Vegas Phil Food and Social Podcast, where we cover topics related to the current social media scene regarding food with some of the most popular accounts around the city and talk about their success in Sin City and beyond. I'm your host, Philip Zhang, aka Las Vegas Phil, F-I-L-L. Check me out on IG or TikTok and feel free to email me anything at lasvegasphil at gmail.com. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I actually don't have a guest this week uh, due to scheduling more on my part, uh, but I'm going to go through some of the stuff that I've been uh, into recently and also some frequently asked questions that I get. And uh, I'm actually going to do a blow up breakdown on one of my own posts. So what I've been up to the last few weeks, uh, we went to the Resorts World opening, the uh, new hotel casino uh, about three weeks ago. It was a really fun time uh, where they kind of had uh, an invite list and we were able to check out a couple of the places at the Famous Foods and stop by Wally's and a bunch of other places. The lines were still a little too long for food, so a lot of people were kind of asking me about my opinion on stuff I checked out. But honestly, we were more alcohol focused than anything else. And so we had a really fun time uh, bumming to a lot of people, a lot of friends and some famous faces as well. Ayumi got her picture with uh, Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, uh, Paris Hilton. Uh, We saw a few other people like Steve Aoki, and it was a really fun time. And uh, can't wait to check out more. Uh, Since then, we actually went to Marigold, which is kind of like their... It's kind of like a diner that serves pretty much everything lobster. Uh, We checked out the lobster rolls, lobster fries, lobster clam chowder, had a great lunch with Lindsay, uh, the Las Vegas foodie, and did all that. A little pricey, I think, for the normal person for a lunch, but it was really fun overall, and I definitely do that over like a standard diner of steak and eggs or something like that. On Wednesday... We went to Wally's, uh, another place inside a resort's world of the famed uh, LA wine store slash restaurant really blew me away. I mean, lunch was outstanding from Wagyu steak to pretty much they put truffle on everything. And the chef actually made their $100 chicken entree just for us uh, early. So we were able to shoot that in the kitchen. And that was just fantastic. I think it's kind of cool that they have kind of a gimmicky thing. And I, and I saw they had some insane uh, steak dinner for like 1500 or something like that. Um, but I'm not sure what the details are on that. Also, we checked out Delilah at the Wynn uh, two weeks ago. Uh, thanks to Elizabeth Blau. Uh, for those that don't know who Elizabeth is, uh, she is the founder and CEO of Blau and Associates and is widely credited with transforming Las Vegas into the world-class culinary destination it is today. She's brought in so many people, starting from you know her stuff at the Win, uh, so many other things as well. And this project uh, is really mind blowing. The space is gorgeous, old style American L.A. classic. Like it takes Mayfair or something like that to like a whole different level. Um, there was like a really cool like twenties band playing when we were there. But the most, really the most interesting thing is that they do not allow cell phones at dinner uh, in in the restaurant at all. Like uh, we didn't, I didn't know that going in. So when we were taking pictures of the bar, the bartender was just telling us like we couldn't, you know, no phones were allowed for, for pictures or video. So they kind of were keeping an eye out the entire time, which I thought was a really interesting way to go. Fortunately, uh, thanks to Elizabeth, because I actually do some work uh, for her, 
for video for Honey Salt and some of the other spots. I was able to snag a full video of the baked Alaska table side dessert, uh, which they did set on fire and chop up and it was really delicious. But so I put up the stories around midnight, the day we got back from the from dinner. And then I got a text from Elizabeth around 4 a.m. saying I needed to take the, the stories down. So yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with all that video. It's going to be really interesting to see how this all shakes out in Vegas. I know, I know the one in LA is popular and is known for not having cell phones allowed. So one of the employees telling me was like when people like Justin Bieber and the Kardashians and whoever go to Delilah in LA, uh, they feel like they don't, they're never pestered for selfies. You know, no one's watching them eat their steak or pasta or anything like that. And so that's why they keep coming back. I think that's a cool idea. Um, I'm just wondering how it's going to work for social media. Um, I was joking with some of the TikTokers, like they're probably going to have to take like stock photos from the win and do a green screen and just kind of point up to and be like, hey, this is the steak I had and this is the baked Alaska I had. And so also, you know, how far are they going to go to restrict this? Like, I feel like some asshole will probably you know, keep trying to film, keep trying to video until they get booted from the place. And then that's going to end up being a new, big news story. So I think the place is amazing. It's definitely worth checking out. I know, I mean, reservations are booked like two, three weeks out now because of all the buzz um, recently, Justin Bieber performed there. Uh, there's been so many of the Vegas industry and socialite crowd that have, have been there recently. Most uh, like the Vegas magazine party, which they actually allowed um, a lot of people posted photos from Delilah from there. Um, I don't think they had like a sit down dinner or anything, but that was interesting as well. So if they're able to take photos and post stuff up and I'm not, or other people aren't, I, I just don't know how this is going to work, but you know, I want to stay on Wynn's good side. I love working with Elizabeth Blau. So I took the, I took all the photos down. Maybe I took all the videos down around 6,000 people saw it. Um, when I took it down around 8 a.m. when I woke up and saw Elizabeth's text. But yeah, should be really interesting how that all shakes out um, with the whole no phone thing. Also, uh, Raina. Raina is crazy. Um, you might have heard her episode a few episodes back. Uh, competitive Eater was back in town. I love hanging out with her because she's just, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like someday they'll make a movie on her and all the stuff that she consumes, it just blows my mind. We stopped at Ocha, uh, Ocha Thai Express, where she uh, inhaled uh, six pounds of shrimp pad thai in about 20 minutes. And uh, I thought at the end, I didn't know if she was going to make it, but she she uh, pushed her way through uh, mind, over mind over matter. That's always what she says. And uh, that was amazing. We also tried the hottest ramen in Vegas at uh, Jinya in Henderson. Uh, they're the only location that offers a premium tonkatsu red. Normally, uh, like I've had the seven out of 10 spice and that was like happy tears, uh, very spicy, but still, still edible, uh, where they made Reina a 15 out of 10 spice. And the manager actually offered a hundred dollar reward to the staff. If uh, Reina was unable to finish it, that there, he, she was going to pay them a hundred bucks which is really crazy. Uh, I was generally worried after uh, seeing Raina, uh, seeing them make the ramen, um, but Raina actually pushed through it like a champ uh, in maybe like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, including all the broth. I don't know how she did it, but wow. 
Um, soon after that, she actually went to the Plaza Hotel, uh, which is where she was staying for a fun staycation partnership that she had uh, with the Plaza, and uh, downed uh, two Tomahawk steaks, 88 ounces of steak. Good God. Uh, what else? Hamon Hamon finally went over there. Amazing Spanish tapas restaurant with all things Iberico pork. Really great stuff. And I highly recommend checking that out. Amazing sangria. Um, the, for, the chef is uh, formerly from Julian Serrano, uh, Julian Serrano. And uh, if you're looking for an authentic Spanish experience, um, tapas experience, I definitely uh, recommend that. I can't wait to go back to check out more of the menu. Also, last week, we went to, back to Momofuku. Uh, Momofuku is really my favorite restaurant in town. I really don't have the, the normal experience that everyone else has, but what I love about Momofuku is, I mean, I mean they, tra- they treat me fantastic, but also we have privy to the ultra private dining room, which is to the left, back left of the restaurant with an awesome view of Bellagio and the fountains and all that stuff. And uh, Mags, uh, who is a server there, but also were, uh, is part of F- Fuku Burger, is a fantastic host and uh, cooked us up some really great atypical items that they normally don't serve, like uh, this fresh Korean fluke, uh, which he carved table side, and this crazy tequila shot opener uh, with oysters and smoked trout roe on top. So yeah, it's always a great time there. And I actually always recommend going to Momofuku with a large group. All the large, large, large format dishes are really where it's at. Like the five spice roasted duck, the fried chicken caviar when they have it. And also the bosom, which we get every time, which is like a slow roasted pork shoulder, uh, which they serve with kimchi, lettuce, oysters, rice. And that's just one of the best dishes you can ever have. I don't think that stuff you can really order on a date. Yeah, I wouldn't even go on a date at Momofuku because all your, you know, you're resorted to like a couple of a bowls of ramen, maybe some bao buns, but all the best stuff is a large, large format stuff. So definitely show up with six people or more, do like a family feast. That's what I would do. And, and that's why it's my favorite place. This also marks the second year, uh, actually uh, three days ago, uh, marks the second year of me quitting my job. Um, I was actually in marketing for a timeshare company out here for the last 10, uh, for about 10 years. You know, I never thought I'd ever quit my job, but it just kept on, things just kept on snowballing. Opportunities kept on coming. And, you know, eventually at the end, I was doing like video shoots for restaurants during my lunch break. Um, I was still posting throughout the day and, you know, I was still writing Yelp reviews at this time. And I really scratched and clawed to keep the job because I was always worried about, I don't know, just like this foodie living is a very atypical type of living. So I just, I just didn't think that it was a good idea to jump off the cliff. So every time someone brought it up, I'd always say, no, you know, it's never going to happen, never going to happen. But a big realization, what happened with me is uh, one of my best college friends, actually passed away in March of 2019 where we were, we were the same age and she had a seizure and just died. And that was really the realization for me, actually going to her, going to her funeral, seeing all the other people that I had known and really just like, you know, life is short. You know, if someone like her, who's just such an amazing person, 
uh, passed away and had all these things going on, just passed away suddenly, you know, I should just do whatever the fuck I want to do. So I had a long talk with my wife and, you know, that's kind of how I decided to, that was a big push to make me jump off the cliff and quit my job. I'm so glad I did it though. I've had so many great experiences and I really try my best to be present for them and not take them for granted. I get that people, I get that people call what, you know, social media foodies and social media people do as work, but, you know, compared to what I've done in the past, I don't feel like this is really work. Real work are, are the guys who are EMT or police or firefighters or, you know, people outside my place doing landscaping when it's 120 degrees out, you know, chefs that work six days a week, teachers trying to manage everything from social distance learning to ric- ridiculous parents to being understaffed. Um, you know, I fucking take pictures and videos of food on my fucking phone for Christ's sakes. So I don't take it for granted at all. Super thankful I get to do this. And hopefully there's more stuff coming coming up for me in the future. So I'm going to go through some of the FAQs. Uh, I do get these DMs quite often. And uh, I thought this was a good time to kind of go over some of the questions that uh, a lot of people have. Um, one is that, uh, do you ever eat fast food? And the pretty much the answer is no. I don't think I've eaten a, a Big Mac in this century. Can't remember the last time I ate a Whopper. You know, those are just, to me... If I'm going to blow calories on stuff, uh, I'd rather have it be steak and foie gras than a fucking Whopper. So I really don't. Um, The only time maybe I make an exception is a breakfast burrito Roberto's at like 2 a.m. with a lot of salsa verde. (laughs) That's actually what I had after Resorts World. And so, so that's about it. I have also gotten reached out to by a lot of fast food restaurants like Farmer Boys and Shake Shack and things like that. And that's just not the kind of content I want to shoot. It's not exciting to me. I rarely post burgers and it's just me being a snob, I guess, but it's my fucking Instagram feed. So that's what I'm going to do. Top five restaurants in Vegas. I get that one a lot too. You know, a lot of DMs will be just like, Hey, give me your, your top 10 or give me your top five crab places off the strip or give me your, your top five places for pad thai. So what I have done is I actually created a guide on my Instagram that fit. uh, I call it the no budget dinners. So just places, amazing places to blow bucks where you're not, we don't really care about how much you spend or anything like that. But off the top of my head, um, I haven't really written this out for top five restaurants in Vegas. Now that Joel Robichon is back open, I'm going to put that as number one. I think the mansion is an amazing experience. It's just, and now that, I think this location is the only one on the West Coast now, and it's it's definitely someplace to experience at least once. Ayumi and I have actually been there, I believe, three times. Uh, our first time was actually our fourth wedding anniversary where they used to still have the gold limo that would pick you up. They would actually, a gold limo would drive up to local places. And that time we were living at a shitty apartment on Decatur and Flamingo. And the gold limo would pick you up, take you to MGM Grand. You'd actually walk through uh, the mansion and through this back entrance into Joel Robichon. And then uh, after dinner, uh, they'd actually drive you back, which was fucking amazing. I mean, I can't imagine them doing that now. But they actually stopped that, I believe, maybe 10 years ago, maybe longer. But every time's been been tremendous. And we actually met Joel Robichon on one of the trips. Um, he just came up and said, bonsoir. 
And uh, I really regret not grabbing a bread roll and having him autograph it or something like that. But I think the when we were there, I think we were still using flip phones. I'm not sure. Number two, I'm going to go with Momofuku as my number two must go to. Uh, number three, I love Bizarre Meat. Um, Jose Andres uh, Steakhouse at Sahara uh, for now. <laughs> I've heard some rumblings that they might be moving, but I think they offer a lot of atypical cuts of steak. It's really great for a group to try different kinds of steaks, different kinds of beef uh, that are aged. And plus, they do have legit uh, Wagyu uh, from Kobe. And uh, I think that's like 50 bucks an ounce, which is maybe like two slices or three slices. But it's really just an amazing beef experience, a great place to blow bucks. Um, I highly recommend that. Um, number four, I've been loving the Golden Steer. I mean, they are a client of mine, but I love the old school vibe and the whole like every time I step in there, it's like a living museum. You know, all these booths where all these famous people like Sinatra and Elvis Presley and um, all those guys uh, ate um, through the history. It's the oldest steakhouse in Vegas. And that's a place that, um, you know, I love. I've really enjoyed going to and uh, can't beat the gigantic lobsters that they have. So number five, I'm going to go with Partage. Um, I mean, there's, there's a pretty short list of fine dining restaurants off the strip doing this kind of stellar stuff. And uh, Partage, uh, Chef Yuri and the whole team uh, who change up their menu monthly you know, create some of the best dishes around. And for $110 for a seven course dinner, you know, that would easily be double or triple uh, on the strip. Um, it's just one of those places that uh, you definitely should go. And then a uh, special shout out to Kame, uh, my favorite omakase. Um, that would be the, the, uh, the other top one that I definitely recommend going to. Um, do you pay for all your meals? I'm going to say right now, maybe 85% of my feed is uh, free meals. But sometimes, you know, I just want to go where I want to go. You know, the price tag, all that kind of stuff, that's not going to hold me back from having a stellar dinner um, and paying, paying for it. I get offered a lot of free meals, you know, through the DMs like all the other foodies do. But I feel like I'm saying no to more of them than saying yes. A uh, couple of reasons why is just... I'm just not interested in going to their place or I feel like it would be shitty content. I don't know how, you know, hummus salad is going to blow up on my, my page. And, you know, I just don't want to, I just don't want to do it. So right now I'd say about 85% of my meals are free. I think if I did do all free, only free meal posts on my page, uh, paid posts on my page, I think it'd be a really shitty, a really shitty feed. So I just, you know, places like Mott 32 and things like that, although they do, throw in a few freebies and, and champagne and things like that. I still pay for those dinners there. And I'm not going to like, you know, hit them up the same day, be like, hey, you know, I want XXXXX for free. Um, otherwise, I'm not going to go. Um, there are a lot of influencers that do stupid shit like that. It really bothers the fuck out of me. What is your all-time favorite restaurant? My all-time favorite restaurant is actually Mamoon's Falafel in New York City. I uh, lived in New York City for 10 years. I stayed in the same fucking dorm. NYU dorm for four years just to be close enough to Mamoon's falafel to enjoy their stuff. I fell in love with it. Maybe the first week I showed up at NYU as a freshman. One of the best places to go. Shout out to the location on McDougal Street. If you're ever in New York City, um, it's just one of the best 
eats you can have. Um, last time I was there, I was only there for three days. I think I went there like four times in three days. So how much do you spend on food a month? I'm going to say at least $1,000 a month. Um, like I said, some place, you know, I just want to go where I want to go. And it, it, if it happens to be, you know, Mott 32 that day or, or wherever, or Bizarre Meat, you know, I'm just going to fucking go. Uh, least interesting food, fast food, uh, anything with artificial flavor and color, sushi with cream cheese, all that kind of bullshit. Like, I'm just not into it. And then I know a lot of the influencers will just kind of ignore DMs or, or emails from, from restaurants that they're not interested in. I actually reply to most of them and just tell them this is not my kind of content. It's not my kind of thing. So that's why I don't go. And I feel uh, even worse about it when, you know, some of my foodie friends who run a lot of social media accounts ask me to come in and I actually just tell them, you know, straight up like, hey, this isn't my kind of thing. I would never actually go eat, you know, artificially colored ice and stuff like that. So, you know, I feel bad. I want to support them. I want to go out there and, and help their, their accounts, but I just don't want to do it. I'm not going to go to all you can eat sushi places anymore. I'm such a fucking snob. So those are the most least interesting things for me. Acai bowls, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's just not my thing at all. And, and generally desserts, most of the dessert places now know not to even bother hitting me up because I'm just not really into it. Also, if the food sucks, like say, say there's a deal where we've agreed on a payment or we've agreed for me to come in and shoot, whatever. Being honest is, is a big thing for me. Uh, being transparent and letting, you know, I want my followers to, to feel comfortable in the recommendations that I make. And so I've cut dinner short. I've given money back before because the food was just terrible and I didn't want to, I didn't want to post it. I didn't want to share it with the public. So, you know, I've given up money doing that, but you know, I think in the end, like my word is more important than that a few hundred bucks. Um, have you thought about actually eating on the podcast? Um, I have. And actually next week, uh, we're going to try to do that. Um, with Tasting Vegas, we're going to go to Bidia El Compa's new location. We're going to eat some tacos and B is going to share some knowledge on tacos. Uh, to me, she is the taco expert of all the social media foodies, all things Mexican food, everything. And I can't wait to do that. Ayumi and I actually did a podcast which never aired. It was for Vegas Taste Off where we tasted, I think, like eight uh, macarons. After listening to it, I felt like it was too boring because a lot of it was us eating, talking about the macarons, and I feel like it didn't really put the listeners into our situation. I mean, you really, it really had to be a YouTube episode, which I might put up uh, later on once I have a chance to edit it. But it was a fun episode, but I just think for the listener, eating, listening to eating, it doesn't really work. It's kind of boring. So it needs to be video only. And so one of these days, uh, maybe I'll just put up the macaron episode. Ayumi did a really great job. And I want to have her on anyway. A lot of people ask uh, questions about my wife, Ayumi, a.k.a. she's Japanese. So I, wanted to, I, I definitely want to have one with her uh, later on. Um, why do they call you the mayor? So I've never called myself the mayor or the mayor of Las Vegas before. And I'm trying to remember... The origins of this, I believe initially a Yelper friend of mine, uh, David V, called me the mayor in one of his reviews, maybe in 2014, 2015. 
And then it kind of snowballed from there. And I think a big reason why people call me that is I think the perception of me is that I'm well-connected. I get along with everyone. And that's kind of what a mayor or a political figure should do. So that's why um, I think it's, it still cracks me up when people call me that or, or say that, um, but I would never actually call myself that. What about sharing places that you don't like? So this is a really, especially in social media, this is a really slippery slope. People have dabbled with this in the past. I remember when Vegas Food Baron, aka Ed, used to actually have a star rating on his Instagram where he would go to places, take the photo, and then kind of do like a full-on review. But I think that actually uh, hindered him a little bit. While the audience probably enjoyed the, the review, the honest uh, review, I think it hindered him as far as for invites and things like that. Because a lot of PR marketing companies, a lot of restaurants don't want the chance that they're going to have a neg- get a negative review for comping something. So I don't want to share places I don't like. I mean, what am I going to do? Shoot like this this video of some stuff being made and be like, oh, this fucking sucked. Or I don't know. I bash places with my friends uh, behind closed doors when the microphones are off. And I'm probably going to just keep it that way. I don't think I've ever publicly, I don't think I've called out really any restaurant, you know, that I haven't had an enjoyable experience at before. I don't think it's going to happen. I want to keep it positive. I want to keep it to places that uh, restaurants that I like. Uh, restaurants that I stand by, uh, food that I stand by, and that people can trust and, and go to and feel confident in their decision. Um, another question, why did you stop yelping? So yelping had really nothing to offer me in the end. I feel like those amazing Yelp Elite events that were happening, you know, 2012, 13, 14, 15, um, that's what these uh, social media foodie events are now. I mean, I, I put on better events uh, myself. I could uh, then Yelp these days. And so I put in a lot of time into my reviews. I mean, especially when I still had my regular job, you know, I would be constantly editing these things for like two days, three days before I even put it up. So I just felt like it was too much work. And and now that I get more free meals uh, now, I feel like my experience perhaps isn't the honest experience. And you shouldn't be writing, you shouldn't be on Yelp writing about free meals anyway, even though some of the people still do because it's not an authentic experience. And I, I think, you know, that's why I kind of bowed out uh, from yelping. However, I did see that some of my fellow uh, black elites did get uh, their 21 badge based on like four reviews and things like that. So maybe I should have squeezed in just two reviews on like, uh, I don't know, some garbage waste removal or something like that. And maybe I could have kept my, my badge. What's your least favorite ingredient? Uh, my least favorite ingredient is definitely cilantro, but I think I'm getting a little better about it. Uh, to me, cilantro tastes like shaved Irish spring soap, but there's several clients of mine, like Mr. Chopsticks, which is a wonderful Chinese restaurant in the Southwest Vegas area. They put cilantro on a lot of stuff. And so I don't want to be rude. You know, I'm going to eat it, but that is my least favorite ingredient. I think a cilantro salad would be my nightmare. Maybe top it with durian and it'll actually be my, my 100% absolute nightmare. So that's it. Um, I'm going to go down into a, I'm going to do a little blow up breakdown here on one of my posts. And for a lot of people, I think a lot of people probably remember this post from, from last summer 
Um, this is actually a gigantic lobster tail uh, from Hank's Fine Steaks and Martinis. And Ryu Sauce, a, a, a.k.a. Paul Ryu, actually did this uh, incredible dip <laughs> into this uh, vat of butter. And I knew when I was shooting it that it was going to go off and that it did. So not really a, a technically amazing video, um, just an amazing moment. And I'm just going to kind of play that here. I think this is a 28-ounce lobster tail, uh, which retails for around 125 uh, maybe more. And uh, this thing went completely viral. I mean, Complex uh, posted basically every other major food repost account uh, shared it as well. Uh, and this was maybe just around this time last year. And it was one of the biggest reasons why I got to 100K followers so quickly. Um, it's not necessarily the most liked uh, post I've ever done. I didn't know you could see view insights here. But yeah, uh, 37,000 likes, tw over 20,000 shares, and 6,600 uh, saves, uh, 1.6 million accounts reached. And I got, uh, according to this post, I got uh, 2.7K followers from this post. But it was actually a lot more than that because of the reposts. Um, I'm going to say probably around 10,000 followers off this post. But yeah, super thankful for this one. Uh, epic lobster tail. Heard some crazy stories um, after people saw these posts, like uh, a group of 20 uh, came in from LA and basically purchased like 35 lobster tails, um, you know, all this kinds of stuff. A lot of people trying to do the dunk like Paul did, but uh wasn't uh, they just didn't have the best lighting or whatever but it was really fun to see all the reaction and uh, that's that's uh, one of my favorite posts of all time and, and one I'm super thankful for so that's about it for this episode like I said next week uh, tasting Vegas will be the guest that we're gonna do it we're gonna try to do it live on location the first time we're actually gonna do a podcast uh, not in my house in my <laughs> in my dining room table and then following that, we're actually going to do a really fun podcast with Lindsay Stewart, a.k.a. The Las Vegas Foodie, where we're going to break down the top five Instagram restaurant accounts off the strip with the most followers. So we're going to kind of go through um, what makes them successful, um, things that stand out for us. And perhaps maybe if you're a restaurant or a social media foodie trying to get off the ground and run restaurant accounts, these are some of the things that you should keep an eye out for. So thanks for listening to my ramble. It's really hard to do the one-person podcast. I don't know how people in radio like Colin Coward and all these guys can just ramble on and on forever and make it sound interesting. But uh, really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, until next time, thanks very much.